What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. It's a road show Friday with Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, he is back in studio. I've got the windows open here in the press box at Haymarket Park. It is a glorious Friday sunshine, no wind. I, I, I just said that, no wind in Lincoln staring at the west facade of Memorial Stadium, the Family of Pine Trees in center field as uh, we are in Haymarket Park for the Salt Dogs home opener against Sioux Falls. Year 21 for the Salt Dogs and going to be awesome to be a part of, well, all Salt Dog baseball uh, throughout uh, the season here uh, locally on ESPN Lincoln. Plenty to get to. It is a recruiting weekend. It is a graduation weekend. You can watch us if your stomach can take it. Do so on the uh, StreamYard Facebook, ESPN Lincoln Facebook, or obviously on uh, ESPN Lincoln Twitter. We're streaming the mustaches manicured for Elijah Herbal. He's got a weekend full of umping to go. We have NFL win totals over under to get into. Uh, Nebraska is still on a hot streak recruiting-wise, as uh, we'll see if it keeps up this weekend with the Bama 2. And uh, a, a really talented four-star backer out of Pennsylvania, also uh, including Nebraska into his top five. We are loaded up. We'll talk to Jacob Padilla. There are some shot clocks being installed at uh, some of the high schools. We'll get Jacob's take on the weekend of AAU ball. He had a great write-up on Cam Taylor Britt, his fit in Cincinnati, and some NBA with Jacob. In hour two, the original voice of the Salt Dogs, along with John Baylor. Bill Dolman, the pride of Fairbury, going to join us. We'll talk some Husker with him in uh, Hour 2. Lars Anderson, New York Times bestselling author, and he is deep in it down in Alabama with the Jay Barker Show. He's co-host of that. What's his take on the Bama 2 that Nebraska is speaking with and, and recruiting this weekend? So we'll get Lars's take on uh, a couple of uh, Crimson Tide potential additions for Nebraska. Steve Mark will talk some Husker baseball with us and we'll get into some football. Numbers to dial up, numbers to get in. 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. You can find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah and uh, can email Chris at Hale Varsity. Dot com can tweet at us as well at ESPN Lincoln and uh, get in the comment section if you so choose with the ESPN Lincoln's Facebook. So it's uh, just an awesome spring day after some storms and some heat and some humidity and quite frankly some rain and then really a, a chilly spring. So Elijah. It's just awesome out here man. I, I don't smell any dogs or burgers on the grill yet. 
the taps are screwed in. I did my my once over of Haymarket and made sure that the the beer's going to be cold for later. And it's a good day. Some BP going on right now. I think with with uh, the uh, salt dogs, or I can't tell. My eyesight's garbage. I'm not going to lie to you, but <laughs> I think the uh, I think the visitors here. I think Sioux Falls taking some BP right now. Well, uh, see, I'm looking forward to getting out to Haymarket. And for the producers, if you don't know, I, I produce Salt Dogs games this summer. So I'll be in here being your studio host for anyone who likes to follow along with the Salt Dogs all summer long. And one of the things the Salt Dogs usually gets for us is some uh, some media passes. And Michael voiced the Salt Dogs. said, yeah, Elijah, I'll, I'll get your media passes for you. You'll get in there. You can, can catch some baseball games. And I don't have my media passes yet. So I'm eagerly awaiting those. I'm I'm going to be out for hopefully a thousand thirsty thursdays at the ballpark this summer you are just going to hunker down you're going to bring a cat and you're going to hide uh over in right field and you're going to hide behind the uh the the slide right where yeah. the kids play mm-hmm. that's where elijah's uh, well, home no, away from home will be you might run into some problems if you're hiding where the the kids are supposed to be well i didn't be, mean it that way i, I could be the, over in the, you, the home run trouble right the way field. you look the home run <laughs> the home run perch in right field is for me and i will let you know i went and got a haircut today and i told my barber hands off the mustache no touching it it's perfect Don't touch the way it, it is no the uh the kind of the the patio section there in, in right center is is really awesome but not a bad seat 21 years and counting for the dogs that is awesome an update here good stuff from greg smith uh pretty talented linebacker uh out of penridge high school uh phil piccati is including nebraska in his top four so nebraska uh in it really uh, to the thickness, thick of it with these four schools, Michigan, o- Oklahoma, Auburn, and the Huskers making the top four. That's big. Uh, he visited for the spring game, Phil P- Picotti did, and 144 tackles as a junior. So that is good news for the Big Red. Uh, other news on the docket, of course, we've talked about the Bama, too. And Stefan Wynn and, uh, of course, his partner, Williams. Uh, both those kids are, are uber-talented. Elijah Kane, uh, a safety, Adam Herrera, Louisiana, and Stefan Wynn. Nebraska also in the market for a JUCO defensive tackle. And uh, that is pretty interesting. Uh, this JUCO is... Uh, a kid that is from the College of the Canyons and has immersed quite a few tackles, which is a good thing. And, you know, Nebraska right now, Elijah, it's pretty obvious Nebraska really going all in on beefing up that defensive line potentially. Well, yeah, and, and it's something we've talked about this week of, of the, the holes that you can fix in the transfer portal. The defensive line is the most glaring of those issues. Um, not specifically based on what we saw in the spring game or what happened in spring practice, but just based on the guys in the room and the amount of experience that they have. I mean, we saw over the last couple of years how much the experience along the defensive line, guys like Ben Stilley, guys like Damian Daniels, uh, guys like that, like that helped Nebraska and how they developed into their role. It takes time uh, to develop into what you need to be along the defensive line, which what Nebraska needs is some guys who can eat up some double teams and keep uh, those big offensive linemen off the, the two awesome linebackers in Henrich and uh, Reimer. Those are the guys that are going to fly around and make your tackles. They're not looking for defensive linemen here who are going to go be in Dama Kinsu's, shedding double teams, going and making tackles. They want be guys. Nice. But 
the, the, the what they're going for in the transfer is these guys with experience, uh, especially here in the SEC down at Bama, guys who know how to eat up a double team, how to keep offensive linemen off of the linebackers, let those guys ground, make the plays. Just guys with experience that get it, the guys that aren't trying to do too much. We're talking about Taylor Lewis, uh, Juco defensive tackle, 6'3", 295. He uh, got an offer from Oregon State yesterday, is uh, getting an offer from Nebraska. And what's really cool, and Greg Smith's got a great story, uh, this Juco is immediately eligible and uh, looks to make a decision soon. He's up to 16 offers uh, on the season right now. And Nebraska is, as he called it, per his interview with uh, with Greg Smith, Nebraska is a dream school of his. And, and his coach at College of the Canyons uh, really uh, kind of pro-Nebraska, not directing him, not, not pointing him in a certain way. But you have this prospect that, that knows quite a bit about Nebraska already, and that's that's nice. Uh, that's that's different. <laughs> and and what do you know about Nebraska right now? Well, you know Scott Frost, and you know three and nine, and all right, you know it's a, it's a big big season for the Big Red. We'll get into that with Dolman uh, in a little bit. What's what's a safe win total? Uh, Lewis quoting him from Greg's story. First off, I couldn't believe it. That's one of my childhood dream schools, and my coaches they let me know about the opportunity. I've been praying for a moment like this, so I'm really just trying to take it all in and to get a step on campus and, and make things happen. So uh, once his grades post in June, early June, he'll be eligible to leave that JUCO immediately. And the thing you, you'll want with JUCO guys, you want them to hit, yes, but you want them to get to campus as soon as possible that, so they can start learning the defense. And I, I don't think you ever watched Last Chance U. Um, but that was one of the things that, I need to get into it, but the, the, but the yeah, first couple seasons are the ones you really need to watch. The later seasons, not so much. But it does get you an insight into that Juco grind of these guys who they know they want to get on campus as soon as possible. So they're trying to get their two year degree in a year and a half while playing football. Uh, you can kind of see that the, the difference between high school and Juco, where some people ask, well, this guy's playing junior college. It's not Big Ten football. How is this guy going to be Big Ten ready? Well, he's been living in a college system. A lot of these JUCOs are high-level former Division One coaches coming down are the coaches in junior colleges. So it's it's Division One expectations uh, at a place where you might not be having, you know, 50,000 people in the stands. But it is that same level of expectation, that same level of grind that's going to be required in Division One, And that's why uh, you see so many guys or so many schools, I should say, going Juco trying to rebuild because it is that, that same level. And if you haven't seen Last Chance U, it's a great insight, uh, especially down with uh, Eastern Mississippi Community College. That's, that's, th- those are the great seasons down there. A little bit more on, on Taylor here. He's got to figure out the visit. The Huskers talked to him about visiting May 20th that weekend, but he's got a visit to Oregon State set for then. He's trying to figure out if he'll move that visit or not if you're Nebraska. You're telling him to move the visit, just drop the visit, just come to Lincoln, check it out. Now, with uh, Taylor, he's a Chicago native. And the question you ask here about Nebraska here, when we get to numbers, we talk about the 85 scholarship limit. Nebraska's got room for about three more, depending on if you do lose some more graduates here. It is graduation weekend. We touched on that. Well, do you get some guys that end up grad transferring, not necessarily the portal, 
but the grad transfer move with some guys that are currently on the team that maybe they graduate. It, it, if you're Nebraska here, you, you don't want to keep going back to this well, not that you can't access the portal or the transfer setup in college football, but eventually you want to stabilize so you have your high school recruits that get developed and then kind of go the route of you contribute and then you start and then you play make, right? You have a nat- nat- natural progression uh, in your career. You don't want to just keep grasping, hoping you hit and and keep going that, that route. I mean, it's it was kind of feast or famine back in the day with K-State because they were pretty heavy on JUCO. That was their niche. They went JUCO, and they killed it a lot of years. They, they were a really good football program, but you're more prone to have the down year. We've said it for a long time. You, you don't want to live in the portal. You want to sprinkle uh, some of the portal onto what you've already had established on your football team through your high school recruits or guys that have been in the program multiple years. What you need now is that bridge to get this recruiting class from 2019, 2020, 2021, your big dogs on that defensive line to get up to speed, to keep getting some development. I know they've been on campus a while, but some of them missed out on a developmental year like a lot of kids did due to COVID. And I'm talking about the Buckleys. I'm talking about uh, the, um, the, the the Tariq Blacks. You, you've got a number of defensive linemen. And, and you're thin at numbers there, too, by the way, because you, you just are. You've got Ty Robinson, but that's really about it. If you're Nebraska, I wouldn't be upset if they add a third. If, if they go get uh, the kid we're talking about here from Chicago, the Lewis uh, defensive tackle out of out of College of the Canyons. You had Stephon Wynn. You had, you had Wynn. You already added Drew. Devin Drew, that's three. And then you have Nash that's kind of waiting in the wings, right, as a as a high school development kid. And you have Robinson. And then you have Oshon along with Garrett Nelson. All of a sudden, you're infused with guys that have had a lot of experience at higher level ball. You're not throwing in young guys who've started, or I shouldn't say started, but haven't started ever. You know, asking them to go live and, and make plays as a first-year guy in the Big Ten on the lines of scrimmage. And why you, just, it's so, you just can't live that way. And why it's so important, especially this year, is because Nebraska isn't starting off with three or four warm-up games before they get into Big Ten play. You start in your first game is you're going up against a Big Ten foe in Northwestern. And despite the fact Northwestern wasn't great last season, we know this is the standard with Pat Fitzgerald where they're going to have a bad season the and they're, they're going to come back next season and they're going to find their bread and butter, which is usually along the lines of scrimmage. You're going up against a real Big Ten foe in your first week. There is no time for you to get acclimated to what Division One Big Ten football is like. You have to be ready from day one, and that's why these these instant impact transfers are going to be so big this year. They are, but uh, you want to be able to eventually kind of mold in and supplement in your guys that have been in the program a while so they can go do their thing a la... A la Robinson. And it should be noted, when I said instant impact there, you could see it on the stream. I hit a little air quotation mm-hmm. because no guy is technically going to be like an instant impact uh, for Nebraska where everyone's going to have to get acclimated to the Big Ten. But I put quote unquote instant impact there because uh, that's what you're trying to get to is those guys by uh, – you know, by experience that they've had in other conferences, that they're going to be more ready than guys that are, say, coming straight out of high school. Numbers to get in, 466-377-6800-825-5865. Also a big weekend as you have all the brass from the Big Ten 
find their way to Rosemont, Illinois. They are uh, set for Big Ten meetings Monday and Tuesday with the athletic directors. And uh, that'll be big for Travin Company. Where does the Big Ten shake out? Big Ten will have the following one. Uh, they'll have to figure out what they want to do schedule-wise. Are they going to follow suit with what the ACC is thinking about? Or uh, are they going to continue to have divisions? Uh, that's sounds like maybe going away, at least in the ACC. Do you go away with, away from divisions in the Big Ten? Uh, that's something to talk about. What do you do about the portal? Uh, here at Haymarket Park, it's the home opener for the Salt Dogs. We'll check in. Jacob Badill is next on Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for spending time out here at Haymarket Park. A glorious spring afternoon. Windows are open. I'm I'm out of the sun. But I kind of wish I was pulling a Harry Carey out in the bleachers just soaking it in. Uh, some batting practice happening right now. We say hi to Jacob Padilla, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Elijah Herbel's back in studio. Chris Schmidt. Jacob, I got to know about this office chair you got. What What is that thing? That thing is leather and plush. Wow. Yeah, just, just a recliner I uh, got from my dad. Um, it's pretty comfortable. So, not, not, looks nothing like too it. special about it, but it, it works. Oh, dude! See, it looks, looks special. With, with I mean, like it, the, it, it, it looks just—it's—it's it's got like the the sides of it. it. Looks perfect for napping, is what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, I occasionally will kick back, and when I don't want to actually lay down, just kick back and close my eyes for a bit and relax. Well, what's on the docket? We'll start off with some some high school ball and your schedule this weekend, and what's the uh, the AAU setup look like first and foremost how is kansas city what what were some impressions you took back from that tournament this uh, past weekend yeah it was good uh, i got to see a, a lot of teams um did, did pretty well um kind of got to relax a little bit more and didn't have to worry about coaching and figure all right i got to be here here and then it's just kind of all right which games i want to watch and uh went and got to see them so um I think it was good seeing the uh, Nebraska Supreme 15s. They, they did uh, pretty well. I haven't, I'd only seen them play once before. And Robbie Garcia is a name that he played uh, a bit for Bellevue West earlier in the season as a freshman uh, before Jacob Arope was eligible. Um, I think he's going to play a, a bigger role this year with William Kyle III moving on. Um, he, he played pretty well. Um, I think the... Probably the best performance I saw was Landa Bukorski from Gretna. Uh, the Nebraska Supreme 16 knocked off Mocan Elite 16s uh, in overtime, 55-50. And Pekorski had 25 in that game. Um, he only missed two shots the entire game, hit a few threes. 
Um, hit, hit four free throws in the overtime period to, to seal it. Uh, hit some tough floaters. Uh, was handling the ball well. Uh, and then Will Cooper from Miller South came alive, hit five threes in, in that game, including the go-ahead three in overtime to give them the lead. Um, so the, the, those were uh, a couple. I think uh, the ETG 16s, they, they went three and one. They uh, fell to Howard Poley, who plays on the Nike circuit. Um, and that was down to the wire. They had a big lead early and kind of let it slip. Uh, hit a couple of threes late. Um, Division one player kind of hit the go-ahead three, and they ended up losing off of that. Um, but they, they bounced back and won the, the other three games, and um, it, it's a really solid squad. They, they've had a great season with C.J. Mitchell, Jaden Jackson had a really good offensive weekend. Um, Caleb Benning is playing on that team uh, as a multi-sport. Obviously, Nebraska offered him for football, so overall, um, pr- pretty good weekend. I was gra- glad to see a, a few different uh, programs that I hadn't seen a ton of to this point in person. Jacob Padilla is with us. HailVarsity.com and Magazine at Jacob Padilla underscores where you find him on Twitter. Jacob, what, what's the next crop? How's the next wave of in-state talent look? Nebraska's been, well, farmed really well uh, between Gonzaga or Wisconsin or Virginia, just to name a few, and not to put a ton of pressure on the next 15, 16, 17-year-olds, but overall in-state talent, do you see – that uh, continuing to, to thrive? Is there is there more talent being infused uh, it, around the state from what you're seeing with AAU ball? How's, how's that level look uh, early going here this spring? Yeah, I think uh, I think we're kind of hitting a dip here just in terms of where we have been, which is understandable. We weren't going to be putting out high four and five-star kids every single year. Um, you're looking at this 2023 class and uh, Josiah Dotzler ha- has multiple um, Division One offers, player. and then beyond him, there's not a lot of guys that um, that are really racking up the the, the, the offers uh, at that 2023 class. Uh, Connor Milliken is obviously a kid that everybody I think has heard plenty of. If you pay attention, put up huge numbers in high school playing for Platte View. Um, he's starting to get NAIA offers now, and th- th- they're starting to recruit him real hard. So, and he's one of the best players in the class. So um, I, I don't think we're going to – we're still kind of waiting to see, all right, so Dozer will be a D1 player. Beyond him, kind of who else is in that mix? I don't know that anybody has really this spring, like, taken advantage of this spring and really like, hey, you got to offer me. So it's going to be big coming up here in, in July in the June Scholastic period for uh, for those that are participating in that to, to kind of – keep trying to earn those D2, D, D1 uh, offers and see where that goes. Uh, 2024, it's still a little early to figure out. Uh, I, I mentioned that the ETG 16s, and that's a group that kind of core that team that has been incredibly successful at their age level, all the way up through youth, middle school, into high school. Like those guys hardly ever lose with CJ Mitchell, Caleb Benning. Alvin Mitchell is coaching that team and has coached that okay. group, Jane Jackson. Uh Kevin Stubblefield from Omaha Westside, all those guys have played together uh, for years and they've had a lot of success. But like you look at them now and I don't know that like physically, like you can tell, oh yeah, as a sophomore, those guys are surefire D1, high major type, like there aren't Hunter Salas or Chucky Hepper and guys like that that you can look at and see, okay, these guys are for for sure. Um, I I do like CJ Mitchell. Uh, Sharif Mitchell is the younger brother. Mm -hmm. I think he's got a chance to be a really good player in that class. He's got to continue to kind of polish up the offensive skill and the jump shot in particular. 
but he's a good floor general. He does a great job of using his body, changing speeds and directions, finishing in the paint. Um, there's a lot to like there. Jaden Jackson is a really good shooter. He's a really efficient offensive player. He's a good athlete. He's just kind of an undersized two guard. And you kind of like looking ahead, how does that project? Um, so it's kind of players like that. Like we've got some smaller guards there. That ETG team, they don't have anybody over 6'3", really playing the, it's kind of an undersized team that just plays well as a team to kind of make up for that uh, a guy i like lana pekorski i mentioned um ha- had a good weekend but another guy that you don't know if the physical tools are there like to say right now uh coming out of a sophomore year oh that kid's a for sure d1 player i mean he's already morningside has already offered him uh at the nii level um a guy i do like is jake hilkman who is transferring okay. from north lincoln star. north star to lincoln southeast uh, in that 2024 class he's uh, he's still got some ways to go in terms of consistently impacting the game over and over again, but he was really efficient in his opportunities this weekend. Six four, he plays really hard, got good length, can shoot the ball a little bit. Um, so there's a lot of things to like there. Um, it's just not like he's dropping 15 a game uh, as a as an underclassman at this point to say, oh yeah, that kid's for sure. But he's certainly got some physical tools that will help him um, to, to to be a guy worth watching down the road. Jacob Adil is with us, HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Some prep thoughts here on the AAU circuit and, and summer ball going on for a number of the high school prospects uh, to look forward to this fall and spring. Jacob, you got to switch gears. Really like your, your outlook features on HailVarsity.com. Uh, you spent some time on Cam Taylor Britt, and Cincinnati liked him. Zach Taylor wanted a Husker. Uh, early on here, fit-wise, uh, what what are you intrigued about here with Cam Taylor Britt? Is he transitions now to probably some some rookie camps and is getting ready to to find his way to the Queen City? Yeah, I think it's a really good landing spot for him. Kind of the more I looked into it, and obviously it's a good team. They they uh, they made it to the Super Bowl this yeah. past year. The team on the rise. Um, you, you've got a good quarterback, a dynamic passing attack that you can build around. And they need some help on defense. And that's what they went and did in this draft. I think five of their six draft picks uh, or whatever it was were spent on defense. And their first two picks were in in the secondary with Daxton Hill in the first round at safety and then Cam Taylor Britt in in the second round. And they traded up a few spots to get him, which kind of moved up three spots, which tells you how much they wanted him because they worried about someone either taking him or trading ahead of them to go get him in that spot. So they were willing to give up their sixth round pick to move up three spots to get him so that kind of tells you how much they like him and how invested they are in him already um obviously he's got to go earn it but there is you, you look at it that's got chidobi Awuzie is kind of their their number one corner but they had eli apple kind of fill in he was the opposite uh, outside corner and that's uh, he's a guy who was a first round pick i believe but has struggled uh, in new york and uh, in, in new orleans um and he he played fairly well uh for, for the bengals during the, that, that run but I don't. He's not a guy that I think is entrenched. That, that they feel great about being a long-term starter at that spot. So he's got a path to legitimate early playing time right away. I mean, he's going to have a chance to go compete with Apple for that job. And even if he doesn't win the starting job as a as a rookie, which I mean, it's not easy to do. But um, you invest an early round pick, and you're going to give those guys chances to to see the field early. And so even if he doesn't, you figure he can figure into some of their uh, their sub packages or. Um, certainly, I think he'll be a special teams impact player. That's how he got on the field early at Nebraska. Uh, and I, I think he's really embracing that 
that uh, that role and that chance to, to impact the team. And he's going to have a buddy out there in, in Stanley Morgan Jr. Mm-hmm. who is has made a carved out a nice career for himself as a special teams player. He still hasn't quite broken into um, a really deep and talented wide receiver core there in terms of being a consistent impact player on offense. But they love what he does on special teams enough to give him a two year extension uh, this year, resign him to a two year deal rather. So um, he's got familiar faces, obviously with with Stanley Morgan Jr. and Troy Walters is a wide receiver coach in Cincinnati. Um, he's got a, a Husker as a head coach. He's playing for a good team with a great quarterback, and there is a path to playing time. So all things considered, I, I think it is uh, a really great landing spot for Taylor Britt. Now, Jacob, last thought here, about 60 seconds left. With with Hill going off to the, the, the Bengals as a, a safety, I mean, there was talk around Cam Taylor Britt maybe being a corner, maybe being a safety guy, being a utility guy. Do you think that pick means that the, the Bengals' plan for him is to be a cornerback? I, yeah, I, see, I, I saw something about they, they like him as an outside corner, but they also like the versatility of, of both those guys. Um, and, and they like the option to be able to move guys around a little bit, maybe uh, to experiment with some sub packages um, when they're outside of their base. Um, so I think the, the, the versatility of both those guys and obviously the speed, I'm sure they both ran sub four four forties. Um, I'm sure all those things kind of factored into uh, Cincinnati targeting those guys. So they, they certainly give them, gave themselves some options here as they look to improve their secondary. Jacob Padilla, HailVarsity.com and magazine at Jacob Padilla underscore on Twitter. Real quick, Jacob, over under, as the win totals have come out, your Green Bay Packers at 11. What are you doing here? Are you going over or are you going under? Whew, that's, man, that's a tough one. You, you push me to 11 and a half, then I'd, I'd, <laughs> I, I'd feel good about the under, but, um, man. I, I'll, I'll take I'll, I'll take the over. I'll just be a fan and just chalk it up to Rodgers is going to be able to figure something out. They, they've got enough pieces. They the defense has improved enough. Um, I think. I mean, uh, Matt Lafleur has won however many games every year that he's been in Green Bay. So um, I think they'll figure it out. It's time to get Jacob to the Super Bowl. Is what he's thinking. <laughs> Jacob, you take care, bud. Have a good weekend. Thanks for a few minutes. Thanks for having me, guys. There he is. Jacob Bedilla with us. We'll talk some of the over-unders here with the NFL coming up. More thoughts on Nebraska. Big recruiting weekend. Lars Anderson next hour. We're here at Haymarket Park. Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hail Varsity. And I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hail Varsity radio show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. Ten issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code GBR. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Well, if you uh, were catching the show on Wednesday, our Wilderness Ridge segment with Mike Shuhart, Shuey was like, who cares about Phil? Your defending PGA champ has officially withdrawn from the PGA Championship. We wish Phil and Amy the very best and look forward to his return to golf. 
That's the statement from the PGA Championship on Twitter. You've got a conflict with uh, the Saudi tournaments over in London. You've got some stern threats from the PGA commissioner. Those that will choose money over the PGA will be banned. So, uh, interesting to see where where that goes. So, we will dive into uh, some thoughts with Bill Dolman and, and Lars Anderson. What's a safe win total next year for Nebraska football? And I'm saying seven, if it looks okay, is it. Eight is comfortable. More than eight. High five. <laughs> that, that sounds w- w- what should be normal but isn't. Numbers to join us today. Hail Varsity here at Haymarket Park. Roadshow Friday for the Salt Dogs home opener. Season number 21 with the dogs. Just incredible. Just a fabulous day outside. If you're drafting an item at a ballpark, what is it, Elijah? What's You got X number of dollars to spend. What are you buying first? Is it the Fairberry brand hot dog? Is it a cold beer? Is it a mixed drink? Is it some popcorn? Are you a peanuts guy? Is it a cotton candy or bust for you? Are you a fountain? I'm a fountain Coke guy, but they have Pepsi here. Is it a fountain Pepsi or diet or a Mountain Dew? What do you do at the old ballpark? Okay, if the weather is above 90 degrees, that's my that's my bottom cutoff. If it's above 90 degrees, I am going straight to the concession stand and getting myself a summer shandy. Okay. I love the summer shandy when the weather gets warm. Anywhere below that, if we're between 75 and, say, 89, I'll just go with a normal Miller Lite, Coors Light, something like that. But above 90, there's something super refreshing about a summer shandy. And then I'll come back for the hot dog later. But personally, if there's any, like, food item that I'm going to be getting in a baseball game that's a must for me. A lot of people will say the peanuts. For me, it's popcorn. I got to get some popcorn because the, the saltiness of the popcorn with uh, the coldness of the beer, it's just a perfect combo. That, that's what I'm going with. See, and, and just thinking of you, the summer shandy up here is locked up. <laughs> <laughs> they got a giant old padlock on the side. You pull on the door. They, they heard I was getting a press pass again this it's, year. It's, it's, it's locked. <laughs> but, no, I mean, if I'm going, it's – beeline to the concession at uh, 5.58 tonight for me once I get everything packed up here and I'm going to get a cold beer and I'm going to sit in the sun and maybe I can't just stop at one hot dog. I put on about 10 pounds every time I go to a ballpark and it's awesome. So I'll eat two or three hot dogs. I'll do a bag of peanuts and then I'll, I'll get a couple uh, cold beers, and it's it's on. So I know I, I laid out what's your top draft pick. Mine's probably going to be the cold beer what, over the hot dog or, or over the runza. What's your Mr. Irrelevant of the concession stand items? Like, what, what's the one that's the last pick? Because for me, I already know off the top of my head, I'm never, ever, ever going to pay the price that they ask for Dippin' Dots. Dippin' Dots are not that satisfying. They're overpriced, and I'd rather ooh, just have a ooh, cone of ice ooh, cream. ooh. That's a good, you know, I I get hammered into the the ice cream phase because that's that's the go-to. If we go to the Royals game, Junior's getting the strawberry-covered, uh, the chocolate-covered strawberries on a stick that's like 70 bucks, <laughs> okay? And he ends up wearing it all, so it's, it's a cute picture even as he gets older. So he wants the, the, the frozen fruit, and he'll want ice cream. 
But the thing that, that I want mandatory at all ballparks, and they're not here, and I hope – how much of a killing – would you make if you had the little, and maybe they have it this year, I don't know, but the, the, the mini, like the mini Sunday, helm, the helmet Sundays? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are great, and I collected, I don't know how many as a kid, where we go see the Yankees or we go see the A's or we go see the Twins against the Royals, right? And in the mini Sunday helmet is undefeated. Also, the bigger helmet, the nacho helmet. Some places have the nacho helmet. But give me the mini salt dog helmet with the uh, the soft serve ice cream, a little chocolate, a little whipped cream, a cherry on top, and some nuts. Mm. I think that's what you got to go do. But, no, the mini, the mini helmet's good. Some places have churros. Those are really solid. I think you could safely fire up maybe a, a food truck in left field. Which would be great. You know what I was thinking? And give, me, give, me, give, me, give me a taco truck. I, I, I got no skin in the game here, but why pretzels. not? Pretzels. G- give me. Salted no. pretzels are mine. Oh, salted pretzels are delicious. Are you mustard on them or nacho cheese? You know, I kind of go plain to get my, my salt intake for the week. <laughs> and then I may dip a little cheese. Mm. I've never tried the, hun- is it honey mustard or the spicy mustard? Just the, the regular old, like, hot dog mustard. Yeah, I, I will. I will. You have, you have to like mustard because the the pretzel. I like. I really like mustard, it. but I don't. I, I will go cheese. See, we're, we're spending a long time here. One thing I will say, Haymarket. No, it's fine. We're we're good. I mean, ballpark and food. It's the opener. Why the hell not? Haymarket should have some sort of either Zesto stand or Zesto's truck. You were talking about the ice cream at the Sundays. Good call. Get me some Zesto's in Haymarket Park. I love Zesto's. It's my personal favorite ice cream in Lincoln. No skin in the game here, as I said. There's no. no I hear you. They're not. There's always free shout outs with Elijah Herbal. But I I love Zesto's. Uh, my brother worked there for years, so I used to love going up to Zesto's, and he'd give me like a dollar or two off, you know. Shh, don't tell the owners. Uh-huh. Um, but Zesto's at Haymarket Park would be ideal. Well, the, the ice cream setup's a uh, winner, and you got to get ice cream at the ballpark, I think. So yep. I'm, I'm not a candy guy, and I'm not a junior. It's like he was all methed up when he would, you give him two bites of, <laughs> of cotton candy, and he's just he's racing everywhere. <laughs> Sorry about that picture or painting and referring it to uh, to to drug use. Uh, your Denver your Denver Broncos are are slated to be a ten win football team. We'll get Bill Dolman's take because he's out in Donkey Land. What say you? Jacob's going over the eleven for his Green Bay Packers. I have a hunch, hunch, Uncle Andy, my brother-in-law, he texted me last night. He's like, dude, let's go see the Yankees and Rangers and Cowboys uh, play the, the Giants. I think it was October. Uh, he, he wants that road trip planned, preferably uh, in the RV. He's He'll take Dallas at 11 wins. I know he's going to take the over there. Are you taking Denver? To hit 10 or more. 10 they, or more? They're, they're at 10 wins. Kansas City's at 10 and a half. The Chargers are at 10. I mean, it's a loaded division. See, I've seen Denver as a 9 and 8 or a 10 and 7 football team since the Russell Wilson trade. Nothing they did in the draft really changes that for me. They got I Randy now. With, but with what the division is what it is, I'm really hesitant to say 11 and 6. So 10 and 7 sounds about right. I can't go over. I'd, I'd probably go under, if anything, with that division. We'll uh, get ready for hour two on the way. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. 
One final time this hour, it's Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery here at Haymarket Park. The home opener for the Lincoln Salt Dogs against Sioux Falls Canaries. Year 21 for the Dogs. And just a beautiful scene and set up here. Uh, grass is perfectly manicured. Uh, looks like a baseball around the pitching mound right now. The uh, batting practice is done. A few car- cars are making the trip in off of that I-80 exit uh, into downtown. Skyline to my right, gorgeous Lincoln, Nebraska, and west side of the Memorial Stadium uh, straightaway center. So it is picturesque. If you don't have tickets tonight for the dog's opener, you got to maybe think about rolling down here. We were figuring out what you're drafting first at the ballpark, and I am going with beer over hot dog. That's first and second place. Bill Dolman is in the green room right now. He's fist pumping. And uh, Elijah is like, you know, I, I need. he's into temperatures. Mm-hmm. If it's above 90, he's a summer shanty guy. If it's below, he's a Miller Lite guy. But, you know, peanuts are probably third for me. Uh, and then ice cream is a must. We're going over some of the NFL over-unders. Denver is projected to win 10. Kansas City at 10.5. Now, your favorite in the AFC this year is Buffalo. The Bills at 11.5. The Dolphins at 8.5. What a log jam for the AFC Central. I think it's still the, the Central. Baltimore, Cincy, and Cleveland all at 9.5. Ah, the North. The North. Rename the, the North. North. I had a poster on my wall that I got with this book club. Yeah, I pretended. But at least the, uh, the the poster had all the divisions and all the footballs. This is back when the Houston Oilers were still the Houston Oilers. And that was that was the division, man. That was the hated division in football. They all hated one another. Pittsburgh and Houston and Cincinnati and Cleveland. Tampa's at 11 and a half. We'll talk with Lars Anderson here coming up here. What's he think of Tampa's projection? Arizona's at 9. The Rams at 10 and a half. San Fran at, at 10. So apparently everybody in the postseasons coming out of the NFC West, the AFC North, the AFC West, and then I think Dallas and Philly are your two teams from the East, and the Central is Green Bay and Minnesota at nine. Nine wins for the Vikings. Uh, I am Under. Under on nine wins for the Vikings. Okay. I'm going under on eight and a half for the Dolphins. Sorry. I'm going under on 10 for Denver. I still think they get in. I'm going under on the 10.5 for Kansas City. Uh, I think Arizona will be, they better be at 9. Otherwise, you're going to need a new quarterback and a new head coach. Is is 10 normal for San Francisco? Does that just kind of blow you away, knowing Jimmy G gets looked at wrong and he's hurt? I think they're talented. I like their coach. Good roster. I mean, not really. The, good the question roster. is Debo. Does Debo stay there? Or no. No, you can't move him. That's the question for the season. What if he wants to go? What if he doesn't want to play? You pay him more, and then he's happy. Fair enough. <laughs> you, you give him, you give him uh, benchmarks to hit, not only receiving and touchdown wise, but all right, man, you're going to throw me at uh, the old Tech Mobile running back spot like he used to do with Jerry Rice. Some of us would put Jerry Rice there. Uh, Brennan says, sorry I'm late to the party. Uh, Did you see the – I have not seen what the Chargers put out, but he says the Jags Jags are at over under two wins. 
Ouch. Over. Bill, Bill Dolman on the way with Hale Varsity. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Thanks for hanging out. Hour two, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery on the road here at Haymarket Park. Here, 21 for the Ligon Salt Dogs. Sioux Falls are doing their warm-ups right now. Sun-drenched, beautiful, uh, light breeze. And uh, Bill Dolman repping the Lincoln Salt Dogs baseball hat, the original announcer for the Salt Dogs, uh, him and JB, John Baylor. Man, that was a ton of fun to work for those guys. And Pride of Fairbury, how are you? I'm great. I'm doing a lot of reminiscing uh, right about now, thinking about those days with the dogs and being in the booth with uh, with John Baylor and how much fun we had. And for all of the perceived successes I've had in my career, being in the booth with the Salt Dogs and even living off of peanut butter and cheese crackers and 13-hour bus rides, uh, still may be some of the absolute most fun I've ever had in this business. You played up the old uh, bus ride, and you'd come in limping like your, you your your Walt Frazier. You know, come into the studio limping. Like, I'm I'm joking because your back isn't good, but uh, yeah, man, it was it was uh, incredible. And you're 21, and Sioux Falls and Lincoln like it's supposed to be to to open things up. So. Just uh, finally some great weather. Bill, uh, a lot to get to. And last night was the premiere of the day-by-day documentary. Uh, <laughs> finally? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. COVID was in there. <laughs> what do you want from me? I'm telling you <laughs> that it aired at the Rococo last night. And, you know, uh, a lot of, a lot of, Star power on hand. Uh, great Huskers from yesteryear. I think Jared Tomich was down there. Coach Osborne was there, of course. Proceeds of it go to to help teammates, which is outstanding. And it was a lot of fun to, to talk with Coach Brown yesterday. Ron Brown, dear friend of yours, just in and look at where Nebraska was before the climb up, and you were a big part of it. You were. Uh, part of the broadcast crew and, and of course down there at South Stadium I want to get your take did you sense again all in context 9-3 and three, not bad great right now but 9-3 and three, 24th in the country did you sense a downturn for Nebraska football before the, the rise and that's what that first half of the documentary is titled you know not uh I don't think we, at that time, I was, I think I was 
out of my out of college and yeah, just started my career. I don't think mm-hmm. we, I don't think people perceived that it was going to hit. You know, run into the ditch. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say hit the iceberg, but that would, that would entail sinking like the Titanic. I don't think that people thought we were going to go into the ditch, but there was certainly a, a period there where it it almost was like autopilot. Um, it just was nine and three, nine and three, nine and three, nine and three, ten and, three, two. 10 and yeah. two. Play Oklahoma, go to the bowl game. Um, so I don't think, and may, maybe Coach Osborne had a better perception of that than we did and those who were a little bit more intimately involved than anybody around the program. But I think when you look back on it, there was probably uh, maybe a sense of entitlement sounds so elitist, but it's just kind of like, well, that's just the way it's going to be. And, and then when that, that fourth quarter against Colorado in 1990, when they scored 27 points and beat us at home, 27 to 12, that just really seemed to derail everything. And I, I don't think at that at that time we knew how to and I say we collectively as a Husker nation, I don't think I don't think they knew how to bounce back from adversity like that. I mean they were riding high. They were like eight no, uh, top five in the country as I recall. And you know, ahead, and I think that going on that fourth quarter, it was just, well, yeah, going to win. We're at home. Of course we're going to win this game. And then the fourth quarter happened, and it was just, you know, you, you, it was like getting punched in a fight. They got and rolled. Not being, and not being able and not being able to – well, and you didn't get knocked out because you still had, you know, four more rounds to the season, but you never really recovered from that fourth quarter. And I think they were shell-shocked. I don't think they knew how to come back from adversity, especially offensively. When you look back, and I'm trying to go through my mental Rolodex of who was on that team. Mickey was the quarterback. Great people, good players. But was that offense really all that dynamic that you could, you know, no, probably not. And so I think think maybe there was some complacency that it was just going to be that way every week, you know, win all your games, play Oklahoma, go to a bowl game, and that was that. And and that fourth quarter against Colorado, as much as I hate to give them credit for it, Colorado, I just don't think that team knew how to come back from adversity like that. And it, and obviously it didn't, losing three of its last four. Bill Dolman's with us, NBC Sports, Pride of Fairbury, original, the OG announcer for Salt Dog Baseball. We're here at Haymarket Park. For the 2022 season opener, year 21 for the Salt Dogs, at Bill Dolman on Twitter is where you find him. Uh, They changed, they being Nebraska, how they recruited, who they went after, that Colorado was the wake-up call. It blows my mind that that Coach Osborne sat his guys down and said, go get a new gig because I won't last uh, going 9-3 and and finishing 24th in the country. And that... That that is shocking, but man, it was it was the, uh, the 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 low point before they they climbed their way back up. This transitions over to kind of a talking point this week with you know what's a safe number uh, when we talk and kind of project. There's lines that are out. There's over under totals. Nebraska and Scott Frost, you know, for a year six, what needs to happen in a year five? I think. 
completely safe as eight, I think you can come back with seven, even if it doesn't look as buttoned up as it needs to. If it's a sloppy six, I think Trev's got some thinking to do. And I'm, I'm not advocating change or driving that conversation. I'm just trying to put myself in his mind uh, for a moment with, all right, are, are you, uh, do you look like a better football team next year? You don't get to a bowl game. You really got problems. But if I'm Coach Frost, hell yeah, he wants to go eight or more. Easier said than done in a lot of new pieces and moving parts. But it, it can be done, but it's not, not automatic for, for, for certainty. Uh, what, what are you thinking right now? Is, is, it's the off season. It's talking season. And, you know, summer workouts haven't even started. But have you thought about a, a safe number? 13 next question (laughs) (laughs) well bill if they play they play 13 that means they're a playoff team my friend there you go well then scott can't coach so um before we get to that let me go back though to the to the previous topic with with 1990 because and and i think i think this nebraska team can win eight games and probably nine okay Mm -hmm. but let me go back to you you made the comment about Tom saying y'all might want to start looking for jobs because I'm not sure if I'm going to be safe. After that loss to Georgia Tech and going into 91 and into 92, there was a lot of soul searching within the program and Tom trying to figure out, okay, what are we going to do to turn this thing around? So, But I don't think it was just going to his assistant coaches and saying, okay, my Hail Mary here is we got to, we got to change everything. We got Everybody's got to get on page. But that not that didn't just mean his assistant coaches. That meant academic staff, training staff, strength and conditioning staff, everybody. And Tom, and I, I never forget how things changed in the weight room. I mean, Boyd Epley was down working the floor as much as they allowed him to. But you had you had a lot more concerted effort. And Tom, not just to his football coaches, but to the rest of the staff. But I think there was a response from everybody else because they knew how great they had it with Tom Osborne leading up. I know he wasn't the athletic director, but working for Tom, everybody was in, not just the coaches, but everybody in the athletic department. So if Tom went to the strength staff, went to the academic staff, the training staff, the sports information staff, every staff said, we got to be better. I think everybody thought, oh, my God, we got to be better because that's the guy that we want leading this program and this being the the focal point of this athletic department. So I think there was a a concerted effort amongst the entire athletic department staff that there's, there is a call here that we have to all be in. And it took a little while, but I think everybody responded that things could change here and we don't know what it would be like. And right now we like it. In fact, we love it. See what I'm saying? So it yeah. wasn't just, hey, coaches, you need to be. You might want to look for a job, but in the meantime, we're gonna we're gonna overhaul this whole place. And if you're not in on the whole overhaul, then then you really need to go. But I think everybody looked at it and said, we do not want to lose the culture that we have here. So we are all in, and that total athletic department transformation led to what happened in the mid 1990s, including the recruiting and all of that stuff, hiring Dave Ellis. You know, Dennis and Keith with the academic support unit and everything like that. But I really think it was a complete overhaul of mindset for everybody else. Mm. Now, where are we now? I look at that schedule, okay? There's no reason, and I include Oklahoma, 
that Nebraska can't be unbeaten going into what I think is the worst part of the schedule. Really? At Rutgers. November? No. At Rutgers, at Purdue. There are, other than Maryland, there are two no more boring places to play. <laughs> than, hey, you watched the last few Purdue games that no, you know, I, Nebraska's I, gone there. What kind of atmosphere? COVID, or regardless of COVID. It's a morgue. The toughest place to play is where nobody goes to watch people play. Those are the, the toughest places, okay? Not, not going to Oklahoma, not going to Wisconsin, Iowa, all that. If you get beat there because you get intimidated, then, then you got a problem. But it is so tough to play in those places where nobody cares. And you have those games back-to-back in Piscataway and West Lafayette. So Nebraska, if, if Nebraska is riding high after beating Indiana, who won one game last year, people forgot that Tom Allen was like the darling of college football two years ago. At Rutgers, at Purdue, back-to-back, if you're unbeaten, that team has got to have its sharpest focus of the season those two games. I'm telling you, that's not going to be easy. No, I, I don't disagree. You've, you've not lost to Rutgers. You've shockingly had success more so in West Lafayette than you have in Lincoln against Purdue. The Boilers are going to be probably a, a favorite for the West. So, uh, and I hope there's people at that game because if there are, that gives you a little bit of atmosphere. But if Nebraska stumbles at Purdue or at, at Rutgers, and I don't think they will, but that's not going to be easy because I'm telling you, they ain't going to be anybody there. Unless we'll Nebraska be, fans show up from Maryland, New Jersey, New York, and Washington, and all that, but if you lose, if you're if you're unbeaten and you lose one of those games, then you got Illinois, then you got Minnesota, and then you're trying to recapture a little bit of momentum, mm-hmm. and and that that to me is where it could be tough. I'm going to put you on the spot. I can't take you with to Ireland, but why don't you come to West Lafayette with us? <laughs> Because well, <laughs> why would I want? To, nobody else wants to go there. Why would I go there? <laughs> no, we, we're one of our road trips this year is is Purdue because it's a big game allegedly, and it was supposed to be Michigan and Arbor. All right, they screwed us up on the schedule. Let's get right. Paul on the horn. Paul wants to chime in here on Hale Varsity. Paul, we got a couple of minutes. Go ahead, bud. Yeah, a little bit of rebuttal here. I'm sorry, but it's not a question of the top number, but the bottom number. Not the wins, but the losses that we need to look at next year. If Nebraska loses six games by a total of six points, one-point losses, and half of them, you're looking at 90-yard drives to score the winning points for the opponent, and at least two of them have bad calls from the refs that take the wins away from Nebraska. Even six losses, we survive with frost but if it's six losses by 10 points each no he's gone period so i think we have to focus on the losses not the wins and uh sorry bill but true husker fans follow everywhere every time i don't Paul, disagree appreciate with that the call, i just brother. said I, you know nebraska fans might from maryland virginia washington dc new york and new jersey might show up in piscataway but if we're going to rely on them Come on. After three and nine, it, it won't be the Purdue fans filling the seats. That's for sure. Well, I want to go to Purdue and you know uh, take that 
damn mascot down, the Purdue Pete, the Antichrist. <laughs> I want to do a I want to do a Boilermaker. Hey, in, in Boilermaker Town, give me a shot of beer and a whiskey. I I, I don't I, I really believe Nebraska can be unbeaten five and zero oh. with that schedule. You win in Ireland. If you lose in Ireland, <laughs> we're all moving to the Guinness plant. Yeah, um, but North Dakota, Georgia Southern, I mean, you can't take anybody for granted. But I, I do think Nebraska can win that game against Oklahoma at home. That's a team in transition. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they got, they're got they going to have a new quarterback. They've got a new coach. Um, you know, they're, they're still going to be good, but they almost Nebraska almost won down there last year. You're coming up for in, Norman, aren't Indiana, you? Indiana, I think it's legit, okay? But I'm telling you, if you're unbeaten and you go on that first road trip, not Ireland, to Piscataway and then followed by Purdue, that's the trap. It's the right Bill there. Dolman Revenge Tour. Look at your calendar and, and see what games you can make. Pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman. Billy D, thanks for jumping on today. Good to chat with you. All right, go Salt Dogs and go Big Red. There he is. Lars Anderson will join us on the way to Tail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hail Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back into it. Roadshow Friday here at Haymarket Park, staring at the West Stadium and uh, right across the uh, the old I-80 uh, entry into downtown, the exit, uh, Salt Dogs in action tonight. Baseball, the yard looks incredible. The yard looks as good as Lars Anderson's front yard down in Alabama. We welcome in uh, uh, co-host of the Jay Barker Show and uh, longtime media member uh, with the Bleacher Report Sports Illustrated at Lars Anderson 71. Lars, what do you know, man? How are you? Man, I'm really good, and uh, I've been able to spend some uh, quality time in Lincoln last um, month or two and uh, catch up with a lot of old friends, and I, I just uh, am amazed at how much the hay market has, has, has grown up and developed, and and uh, even uh, it was, uh, gosh, I think it was like a pretty early afternoon start on a Saturday for a softball game, and <laughs> the stands were filled with uh, with Husker fans, and uh, the the support uh, I think for all Nebraska teams is still as as strong as it's ever been. And really, that's going to have to be the backbone of the program, uh, specifically for football moving forward. And I, I think like the escape hatch to this nightmare that Nebraska has been experiencing is going to be tapping into that fan base and specifically NIL. Lars, you're, you're right on, and Nebraska's been really good with NIL. They've been really good in the portal, at least on on its face. It'll need to translate on the field, but Nebraska's, well, they've gone shopping, man, and uh, they've got some pretty high-profile kids or at least kids from high-level programs, too, or 
going to be visiting this weekend or in town. Safety Kane Williams from Alabama. Stefan Wynn also from Alabama. Both haven't seen a lot of time, Lars. But you can speak on a broader sense just to how loaded each recruiting class is for Nick Saban and uh, four- and five-star guys. Uh, those that perform, you, you see them drafted uh, on, on Thursday nights, right, for the NFL. But it's not like every four- and five-star hits. And uh, that just kind of speaks to just the depth of talent Bama has. So, you know, you and I have been texting back and forth, Chris, and uh, you mentioned those two players. And so I uh, reached out to our sort of recruiting expert. His name's Andrew Bone. And he covers Alabama recruiting better than anyone in the country. And uh, I asked him specifically about these two players. And he's like, these guys are NFL players. I mean, it just so happens they are uh, playing at Alabama right now. Those two positions are just stacked. And they want to go and get playing time. I mean, the, the, the days of... Uh, of guys who have legit aspirations. I mean, one of the one of the kids is like was IMG, right? Yeah, yep, that's when. You go to IMG for high school. Yeah, yeah. If you go to IMG for high school, like you aren't you aren't thinking that college football or, or college ball is uh, the end of the line for you. With the transfer portal, if it doesn't work out at a place like Alabama, then you know you can you can move on. And, look, I think if Nebraska could get all of Alabama's second-team players, they would win the Big Ten. I mean, and, and I don't mean to sound like a, 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 a homer, and, I, you know, you know I'm from Nebraska, and I, mm-hmm. I'm a big Nebraska guy. But, uh, I mean, there's just a, 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 the, the discrepancy in talent on the rosters between Nebraska and Alabama is – it is so striking. I mean, night and day doesn't even do it justice, but I think it's good. Uh, and the transfer portal could end up being – the transfer portal combined with NIL could be the sort of lifeline for Scott Frost. So I, I, I think Nebraska, like many schools that have a, a rabid fan that uh, has some wealth behind it, is going to be at a big advantage uh, moving forward here in this new era of college football. Is, uh, you're going to be able to lure kids uh, through the transfer portal simply with NIL deals. I mean, there's no question about it. I know you're not supposed to, you know, there have been accusations of tampering, right, by coaches levied against Nick Saban uh, and, and, and uh, levied against uh, – uh, Jimbo Fisher here in the Southeastern Conference. But, hey, you can't control businesses reaching out to kids who are thinking about coming to your school. And, uh, and, and so this is, again, one thing. This is something that really could help Nebraska. Uh, and uh, it, it, it's possible now to do a rebuild of the program in one, two years because you can just load up your roster with uh, kids from the transfer portal from elite schools. And, and again, if you get second stringers from Alabama coming to Nebraska, man, Scott Frost should covet that all day long because I think the, the, the second team at Alabama probably could beat, I don't know, 90% of the uh, Big Ten teams, be my guess. 
And, uh, I mean, you know, and just uh, these, these two uh, young men uh, specifically who are transferring out of Alabama, um, you know, they're, they're NFL players. They're NFL players. They are legit uh, potential to play in the NFL. And, um, and it'll be interesting to see if, uh, if, if, if Frost can land them. And now it comes down to the persuasive powers of, of Scott Frost. And, and I, Scott, the, the stakes just couldn't be higher for him uh, because, uh, you know, if, if he fails this year, I don't know if he will ever be a head coach at a high-profile university again. I mean, he's, he's got – the rest of his career has a coordinator written all over it. And I'm not saying he's going to fail. Uh, he, I think he could surprise. But, but, Chris, I wanted to ask you, you know Nebraska football better than anyone, and you know uh, the temperature of the fan base better than anyone because you interact with the fans. What is the magic number for Scott? that uh, number of wins that he has to get in order for Trev Alpers to say, okay, well, I'm going to keep you around for another year. Lars, couple of things. One, how does it look? Is it sloppy? Is it maddening? Is it missed opportunity after missed opportunity like last year? Nebraska was a three-win football team that should have had seven wins at minimum, right? You could, you could talk yourself into that against some high-profile teams. Uh, I think seven gets you back. I think eight is what you need to shoot for. I think if you're at six and you go bowling, how do those six look? I think six or seven could be dicey. I think eight is a little bit of a comfort level, a little more breathing room. That's where I'm sitting at. How important is the game uh, against Northwestern in Dublin? Well, I, uh, I may not come back, my friend from Ireland, if Nebraska doesn't win that. Uh, we're we're <laughs> we're set up to go do shows over there, and, uh, and and can't wait. But you know you know how brutal the tone was after Illinois last year in Week Zero, not just that you lost, but how you lost, uh, and it put a pretty dark cloud over uh, the season. Uh, so why not get some momentum on the right foot? Northwestern, great head coach. They find ways to to do it surprisingly uh, about every other year. But from a apples-to-apples comparison, there isn't one uh, talent-wise. I mean, I know Northwestern's had some first-round guys here the last couple of years, but this is an absolutely winnable game. Early line right now is 9.5 uh, Nebraska's favored. You go get that handled, even with a new coordinator, even with a new quarterback, even with uh, new coaches on offense. You find a way to make it happen if you're Nebraska. You lost a lot defensively, Lars. But uh, like we were talking about through the portal, you maybe have upgraded your defensive line uh, potentially here with some of your portal additions. So uh, it, is, it is the season. Okay, Don't so come Chris, home, I, right? I, I Nebraska, Nebraska, fans, Nebraska fans may not come home if, if they don't beat Northwestern in Ireland. <laughs> Chris, I have to ask you about Dominique Rayola's kid. Yep. Uh, to me, this is an absolutely devastating blow to Nebraska because Rayola, to me, he represented what Nebraska is kind of all about, just like just tough as hell mm-hmm. and not going to back down. And the fact that this kid just chose Ohio State over Nebraska, I would assume it's got to be just a, a devastating blow and an indictment on Scott Frost. And, and the thing is, like I don't know if you can really blame the kid because – what quarterback has Scott Frost developed? 
there's a few quarterbacks he's developed, but you haven't got a showcase of it really. I mean, Adrian Martinez was his, was his guy, and he's now down at Kansas State. Marcus Mariota, Mackenzie Milton are, are the two quarterbacks that come to my mind that Scott's done a really nice job with or eyed and then saw some talent, right? But, no, you, you, it, it's, it's, it's a no-brainer for Riola. The reality, Lars, is, is this kid is good enough right now that Ohio State's taking a kid – uh, as a, a sophomore to be, not not sophomore junior to be. Uh, so this kid's recruiting's a year ahead of schedule at quarterback. Usually you take your, your 2023, 2024 kids before they're entering into their junior year, right? Well, this kid's a, a year ahead of that with his talent level. And, you know, there is no – it's nice Nebraska got as many visits as they did. But uh, to expect Nebraska to be in it, they were never higher than third, not when it's Georgia and uh, not when it's Ohio State. Georgia's put quarterbacks into the league. Bama's put quarterbacks into the league. And Ohio State's on a three-year run uh, with, uh, with NFL guys going uh, behind center. That's a big-time difference than what typically Ohio State has been. Ryan Day's been phenomenal. So I, I was pretty realistic that – while it's nice to get him to uh, to keep visiting, and if you're a Nebraska fan, you pray that the decision was delayed, you know, keep putting off making a commitment. Uh, it really is a no-brainer for Iola and his family. The kid wants to go to the NFL, and Ryan Day will make that happen uh, for him. The best-case scenario, keep the uh, lines of communication open in the portal era and uh, get him on the back end if he's one of many Ohio State quarterbacks that transfer. Yeah, this is a prediction alert. He never sees the field in Columbus. Never right. sees the field. You Really? Uh, so you're so saying Raiola we'll, we'll trend? See. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good buddies with a lot of people in that program, and uh, we'll just see what happens. Yeah, they're they're pretty stacked. They're pretty loaded. New York Times best-selling author many, many times over. The latest book, of course, Season of the Sun, the biography with Bruce Arians. Lars Anderson, proud Lincolnite uh, down in Tuscaloosa slash Birmingham. Lars, be good. We'll catch up soon. Give me a shot when you get back to town. Awesome. Thank you, Chris. Good, good talking. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a hot preteen Swedish boy. Good stuff from Lars Anderson and Bill Dolman this hour. The uh, podcast can always subscribe to Hail Varsity Radio, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, uh, find us on those platforms, the Herdat Family Media, and, of course, on demand, ESPNLincoln.com. You can also find Steve Marek as guests on a lot of podcasts. 
with Greg Smith or Brandon Vogel. And he does an excellent job covering Nebraska football and, of course, Husker baseball. Uh, we say hi to Steve right now at Steve underscore Marek on Twitter is where you find him. Steve, you got to spend a lot of time out here at Haymarket for Nebraska baseball. Uh, I'm uh, able to kick off uh, baseball season with the Salt Dogs on the road today uh, here at Haymarket just in the booth. And it's just uh, finally an awesome weather day. I can't gush enough about just the uh, the beauty and just the temperature, man. It's, it's, uh, it's a great day for ball. How good will it be this weekend for Nebraska, my friend, against the Illini? Yeah, that's uh, first of all, thanks, uh, Chris, for having me on. But yeah, it's a pretty, pretty uh, big series here for Nebraska uh, in Champaign. And, you know, it was a big one last week against the uh, um, kind of Big Ten Stellar Door, Baden Dolphins. But they, could, they only got out of there with one win. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's not a massive just massive um, series here for Nebraska baseball. They need to they need to pull out some some wins here and, and get some help some help from others down the road too because it's you know uh, being on the fringe of the Big Ten standings here, only eight teams make it into the conference tournament. Um, Huskers are tied with uh, Northwestern uh, for ninth, so you know they need to win these games against Illinois, who's kind of a surefire pick uh, to make the Big Ten tournament. So it's a uh, um, not looking great for the Huskers, but, you know, what's the good thing about baseball is, you know, you can go out there and, and try to win games and, and see what happens. Offensively, is it fair to say that the, the, the big red offense got to carry the water this weekend? Uh, Illinois is is really talented. They've got some, some pop, but from a pitching standpoint, if, if we're talking on paper, that's where maybe they're susceptible. Yeah, I mean, the, with the guy that they got going right now, um, um, their Friday guy, he's really good, um, really, really good. I think his ERA is um, right around two or maybe even below that. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a pretty big deal for Nebraska's um, offense to really just give their pitching staff what's left of it um, some months support. I mean, they haven't really – they didn't do that in Minnesota. And, you know, it, they I, I think – you know, if they would have had some run support um, over there in Minnesota, I think things would have gone differently. But that didn't happen, and so it's a it's a new day, it's a new series. They're gonna have to do without Bryce Bryce Matthews out there. But uh, you know, it's it's something that I think they're capable of. But boy, they they need to start showing it. Steve Marks with us, Hale Varsity Radio, here at Haymarket Park, the Dogs. Are getting ready for year number twenty-two, Charlie Meyer, and that, that what what is that? Is that what what color is that shirt? That is gorgeous. Raspberry sherbet is what what Mister Myers <laughs> said to me. I had to stop and get that. We we are not streaming anymore, but man, uh, that's a good looking polo, baby. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I'm distracted. Uh, Steve, forgive me. Nebraska baseball. What's your take? I know Will. Bolt, Coach Bolt, man, with the media earlier this week. What's uh, what's what's your read on him this season? Uh, we'll be able to kind of chop up and dissect the why, but but why is it gone sideways? Uh, and why did Minnesota go sideways? Do you have any answers? Nebraska baseball fans are just sick of how this year turned out compared to what it was supposed to be. Yeah, they uh, met with uh, Coach Bolt. 
uh, midway uh, you know, week uh, this this weekend. You know, he they, everybody seems confident. We talked. Max Anderson seems confident. Griffin Everett seems confident. Um, Jackson Brockett, uh, uh, kind of a intriguing um, kind of young pitcher who's doing some good things in his freshman year here, uh, sounding confident, but. You know, like, uh, no, I don't think they have a lot of answers right now. It's just kind of just something that it hasn't been working out this year. And, you know, they came in with, with a lot of kind of ideas about how far they were going to go. But now they're on the bridge of not making their own conference tournament, which happens to be down the road in Omaha. And that's, you know, on the outside, it just does not look good. And when, when you ask them, like, you know, what's going on, they nobody really has a lot of answers except, you know, they need to start executing in the, in the spots and the positions in the game that they need to execute. And it just hasn't happened consistently at all uh, this season. So, um, boy, there's just a lot of uh, things that have gone wrong um, with this team, just some, you know, weird things off the field too with, you know, players leaving, um, a couple pitchers being uh, violating team rules and, and, and getting kicked off the team. Um, so it's just, been a really odd, odd year that really nobody saw coming. I mean, at least I didn't coming. I, I thought they were going to be much better than, but than what they what they showed this season. So, um, man, yeah. I mean, the pitching the pitching has been okay, I guess. Uh, but man, that offense, you know, it's it's the last. It's ranked last in the conference, and it's in the uh, 200s nationally in, in team batting average. So, yeah, it's just you know. Just not a lot has gone right, um, and I don't know if they have any answers right now, um, honestly. Yeah, Steve, I think you hit it there with not a lot has gone right for this Husker baseball team. So I want your take. I know this season's not over yet, but doesn't really seem like this season is it for Husker baseball. And I want your take. Do you think that they could make some sort of jump in one season between this year and next year in order to, to, to get things back right with what they have on the roster now, uh, some issues they could fix uh, in the rotation, in the bullpen? Could a one-year fix be doable? Yeah, that's a good point. I, I think that that's possible. Sure. Um, uh, kind of a roster overhaul, overhaul might, like, you know, be in the cards here. They, they have signed a lot of junior college um, guys to come in next year. And, and, and so that's going to be really interesting to watch is, is how those guys um, come in. And, you know, they've, they've, played, they've played baseball. They, they've, they're experienced guys. Um, so it'll be really interesting to watch how that roster kind of looks um, at the end of this year. Um, and then at the beginning of like full ball and, and, and next season. So um, it's, it's really going to be um, something to watch. And, and yeah, I think that is kind of possible to do. It's, it's going to, like I said, it's going to take some roster management and, and some, you know, uh, roster spots and, and maybe seeing, seeing if some guys are going to be on the team uh, next year and, and if they're not. So uh, yeah, I think it's possible for sure, but it's, it's sure it's not going to be easy. I, I don't think that, but uh, yeah, I think whenever you, you sign as many co- uh, junior college um, players as they have right now, I think that that's kind of the, the frame of thinking right now is, you know, <laughs> just getting some new guys in here and, and trying it out and, and seeing, if, seeing if it works. Steve Marks with us. Hail Varsity.com and Magazine at uh, Steve underscore Marks. Steve, real quick, how you feeling about uh, Nebraska's prospects here with with uh, Stefan Wynn? Big recruiting weekend, uh, monster potential talent from uh, Alabama two Bama kids in you think Nebraska can can close this weekend yeah you're right that's a it's a big weekend especially with those two um, Alabama uh, guys with uh, Stefan Wynn and then Kane Williams um, so yeah if, if they could get a guy like uh, Stefan Wynn I really really think that that's going to be a huge pickup 
Now, are they going to do it? I don't. I don't know. I've, I've you know seen and, and read a lot of different things about you know maybe his maybe his uh, confidence and 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 where his destination. Um, maybe things aren't looking so great right now with Nebraska and Stephon Wynn. I know Georgia Tech has kind of maybe came into the picture there. Um, and then, you know, yesterday you have the, the offer thrown out to a guy like Taylor Lewis, a, a junior college defensive tackle who's, who um, is, is um, come, uh, played a lot of uh, football in a junior college in uh, California there. So, um, yeah, that was kind of interesting just to see that offer pop up, and it makes you think, so what does that mean? What does that mean for Stephon Wynn? That that's you know is is Stephon Wynn kind of just you know um, tossed out and and is uh, Taylor Lewis kind of a backup plan type guy? So I I don't know. And, and with Kane Williams, that's another one where you know he's he's playing a position that is um, quite full right now um, and and it, at Nebraska, and it just kind of makes you wonder um, what does what does the coaching staff and what does Travis Fisher think about the safeties that he has right now? Um, is he confident in those guys? And you know that, that just a lot of questions going on. And yeah, you're right. This this weekend is going to be really interesting to watch and kind of see what comes from it. Steve, good stuff, bud. We'll get caught up again next week. Thanks for a few minutes. All right, thank you for having me, Chris. Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring me in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Winding down from Haymarket Park, if you're here in Lincoln locally, ESPN Lincoln, Michael Dixon, Connor Clark, ready to rock and roll the season opener here a little bit after 6.30 on ESPN Lincoln, FM 1015, 1480 AM. And uh, Elijah will be producing a lot of ball games all season long. Just tremendous evening to, to come out and see the opener. I think it is 96 kicks night here at the ballpark, so see your and sports favorite country station as well and uh, yeah can't beat the weather i uh, can't rave about that enough busy uh, weekend uh, for me little golf tomorrow we'll figure out how this chase is going and i don't know steve uh steve's all over it man with is stefan win just here for a good time or a long time this weekend, if Nebraska's already in on, on Taylor Lewis, I mean, you, you, you're wondering, is, is three too many? We talked about that early on, but uh, how uh, how big is Georgia Tech in this in this race? Uh, you know, some crystal balls earlier in the week, Elijah, pointed that direction. Yeah, and I would just like to, to make a quick point here before we get back to the Husker, uh, Husker football talk. 
couple other producers also putting in some hours this summer for the Salt Dogs. You'll be hearing him. Jeff Bryden, he's been doing it since the Salt Dogs started up. Uh, he actually has the night off. He's usually in for opening night, so you won't be hearing Jeff Bryden. He's off getting married. Congrats out to Jeff Bryden. I don't know why he'd be listening right now, but if he is, congrats to Jeff Bryden. Tonight it's going to be Ryan Swanigan. And uh, and here producing some Salt Dogs games. We are the three you're going to be hearing. And you also hear Connor Clark here on Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, He's going to be doing some work with Michael Dixon in the booth this summer. So uh, very excited for the season of Husker Salt Dogs ball. Should we uh, qualify? We didn't do it in hour one. I think we need two to, uh, this hour. Yeah so. yeah, so let's beef up your backyard. Get qualified right now for that smoker from Capital Patio and the Flame Shop. And also, uh, of course, the uh, meat certificate from Russ's Market Caller. Five and six, caller five and six, right now, 466-3776-800-825-5865. Caller five, caller six right now qualifies, and uh, we'll be back at you tomorrow morning, 7 to 9 a.m., the weekend edition. Mark Cranach back from assignment. Thanks for spending time with Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. A Huda Media Production.